0: Never seen again. Her gaze went back to Louise, who, deep in thought, was oblivious to their interest in her. Appen she knows, and she ain't sayin. She's not a bad looker, is she? Helen remarked. How old do you reckon she is? Another minute, another calculation. Hang on! There was some else as I recall! The older one reached deep into her memory. Some time before the murders, there was a suicide, she gestured to Louise. <gasps> it was her husband, she breathed. Bloody hell, she's had a colourful life and no mistake. According to our ma'am, Louise Hunter was about twenty-five when it happened, so she'd be, what, in the mid-thirties by now. Stella couldn't imagine how terrible it all must have been. Me and our mam were in the market last week, and we saw her then. Our, our ma'am said she'd never married again. Bit of a waste, though. They looked appraisingly at Louise, taking in the straight, proud cut of her shoulders and the long brown hair that fell loosely down her back. And just then, as she turned to check the whereabouts of the conductor, the two young women were surprised by her warm, hazel-coloured eyes and her pretty smile. For all her troubles, she's managed to keep her looks and figure in check. The girl called Helen was impressed, and a teeny bit envious. Oh, I don't know, said her friend peevishly. She's not bad, but I've seen better, even at her age. And that said, they got on to the subject of dating, and how they were sure to pick up a feller at the palais on Friday night. Unaware of their interest, Louise settled back and closed her eyes. She felt incredibly weary, anxious to get home to Ginny, After a while her thoughts inevitably returned to Eric Forrester. It had been ten years since the tragedies, and for a long time afterwards she and Eric had kept their distance, though there had not been a day when she hadn't wanted to go to him. These past two years had been the worst. When Eric's handyman had moved on to pastures new, Louise had left her job at the factory and returned to work at Maple Farm, where she had once lived with Ben, her late husband. The farm had been in the Hunter family for generations, until it had been auctioned to pay for an outstanding debt. Now, Eric owned it. Eric, the man she had loved, in secret, and in torment, for so very long. Louise was thrilled to be back, working on the land, but there had been a price to pay. Working alongside Eric was tearing her apart. He didn't know that, and she could never tell him. She wanted him, needed him like she'd never needed any other man but the past would not set her free. Some years ago Eric had vowed to love her forever. When she turned from him then, he never spoke of his love again. But she knew he loved her still and always would, for didn't she see it in his eyes every time he looked on her, and didn't she love him in the very same way? Theirs was a powerful love, but not as powerful as the guilt they felt over what had taken place all those years before. Oh, the times when she'd wanted to reach out and touch him, aching for his arms to enfold her. But she never did, and for the same reason he never made a move towards her, because, like her, Eric was imprisoned by the past and too afraid to grasp the future. Montague Street, next stop. The conductor's cry carried through the tram, shattering her thoughts. Come on, ladies, let's be having you. As he passed Louise's seat, he caught her eye. "'Sorry to disturb you, love,' he gave her a cheeky wink. "'I saw you deep in thought. Were you having a crafty little kip, eh?' Louise smiled. "'A bit of both.' "'Had a busy day, have you?' "'Busy enough.' Still chatting with Louise and not looking where he was going, the conductor was flung forward as he tripped over a young man's legs that were stretched out in the gangway. Composing himself, he straightened his unkempt hair and gave a little embarrassed cough. <clears throat> you best tuck em in, matey, he warned, "for you cause a nasty accident. Disgruntled, the youth did as he was asked, albeit with a sour face and surly manner. Young boogers these days, the conductor chunted softly to Louise. They think the world revolves round em so they do. As he continued forward, clanking his ticket machine and chatting to the other few passengers on the tram, it was just as well he didn't see the look the young man gave him. A murderous glare, if ever there was one, Louise thought to herself. Collecting her bags, Louise made her way to the exit, at the same time helping an old lady, who was jostled and unsteadied by the lurching of the tram as it meandered along the line. Oh, thank you, dear. Small and frail, with seemingly poor eyesight, the old lady leaned heavily on Louise's arm. I don't usually go out on my own, she went on. "'happy that somebody should take the time to listen to her. My sister normally comes with me to the shops, "'but she's not been well lately. "'Fell over and sprained her ankle, she did. "'I'm always telling her, "'take your time, Annie, you don't have to run everywhere. "'But will she listen? "'No, she won't.' "'At the thought of her beloved sister, "'the prettiest of smiles crossed her wizened features. "'Ee, she makes me mad at times, "'but I don't know what I'd do without her.' "'Louise helped her off the tram.' "'I'll be all right now, dear,' the old woman told her. i best get home and see what she's up to. "'Knowing her, she's probably up the chimney with a long brush, "'filling herself and the house with soot. "'She's done it before when I've been out. "'But I'll have a word or two to say if she's at it again.' "'With that, she set off at a sedate pace across the boulevard "'and on towards Ainsworth Street. "'When she realised that the old dear was about to try and cross the busy road on her own,' Louise set off after her. "Uh, No, wait a minute, I'll see you across. Unfortunately, as Louise made for the old woman, so did the bad-mannered young man, but with a very different intent. In a split second, when the old woman turned to see why Louise was calling her, the surly young fellow from the tram came at her like a bullet at a gate. The impact sent her reeling backwards, and her shopping bags went crashing to the ground. Sweeping up her handbag as it fell at his feet, the young man sped off, while from somewhere behind the cry went up, Thief! Grab the bastard! When a policeman appeared out of nowhere across his path, the young man skidded to a halt. He turned and ran in the opposite direction, almost colliding with Louise, who was running to help the old dear. She saw her chance, swung her shopping bag at him, and caught him on the knee with it. He went down, taking her with him, and in the scuffle that followed she managed to swing her back and hit him again, by which time the policeman and a pair of burly passers-by had him by the scruff of the neck. "'Hey, you did well, missis one of them told Louise. "'Lost all my apples, though,' she panted, and groaned to see her freshly picked apples rolling into the gutter. When he offered to collect them for her, she laughed out loud. Oh, "'Thanks all the same, but no,' she said graciously. Every dog in Blackburn must have done his dirty business in that gutter. Never mind, though, she thought of Eric, and how he had helped her pick the apples that very morning. There's plenty more where they came from. When the handbag was returned intact, and the ruffian had been marched off to answer for stealing it, Louise escorted the old lady safely across the road. Are you sure you're all right? she inquired. After all, she thought, the ordeal must have shaken her badly. "'I'm fine, dear,' the woman answered in sprightly manner. "'Then, to Louise's surprise, she laughed out loud. he Where'd lad tell me, sister?' she chuckled. "'Tackled to the ground by a thief and saved by a pretty young woman.' "'Louise was flattered, but realistic. <laughs> "'Not so young these days. Too so much water under the bridge mores the pity. "'It hardly seemed possible that she was coming up to her thirty-sixth birthday.' you might not think so but you're young next to me the old dear leaned forward so no one else could hear i'll tell you somewhat else if you like she confided wickedly oh what's that louise was intrigued you've got nicer legs than i ever had and you wear prettier drawers than i do and all she giggled like a naughty child all blue and frilly i saw em when you were rolling about on the ground with that devil. "'Oh, did you now?' Louise had to laugh. "'They're nothing special, two and sixpence on Blackburn Market. "'But you're right, they are pretty.' "'It just goes to show, doesn't it, dear?' "'What does?' Louise had taken a liking to her. "'The other woman wagged her finger. "'You must never go out without your drawers on. "'You never know when you might be suddenly upended, "'showing your bare arse to all and sundry.' "'Before a shock Louise could respond, the old dear was hobbling away down the street, singing to herself and clutching her bag so tightly it would take a steam train to wrench it from her. Gripping her own bags more tightly than usual, Louise quickened her steps towards Derwent Street. By, ah, she couldn't wait to tell Ginny and Sal about her exciting escapade. No more than she could wait to hear what the two of them had been up to. She glanced behind her to see the old lady rounding the corner, and recalling her cheeky words, she laughed.